Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alan Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and we're talking Christmas horror. Please introduce yourselves, my new guests. Hey, this is Dominic. I'm the creator and one of the three producers of Death Sember, the ultimate advent horror anthology movie. And my name is Ivo. I'm also one of the producer and Dominic's minion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that makes me then. Um, so, December. Do you want to, before we go into any details then, do you want to, you, you've given some indication as to what it is, but do you want to give a brief sort of synopsis as to the concept for December, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, December is sort of a cinematic advent calendar. Um, I don't know exactly how important the advent calendar is around the world, but in Germany you can't have... Oh, by the way, we, we're from Germany, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in Germany you can't have Christmas without the advent calendar. It's really an integral part of the whole season. And um, so the idea developed in a way that... Now, I think I'll maybe talk about that a little more later, mm. but the idea is you have 24 directors delivering 24 short films and like behind each door of the calendar, you'll have a new story and they all lead up to Christmas. And, uh, it's not all straight up Christmas horror. Most of the films are, but there are also some which are just set in December, just like in an advent calendar, not each of the pictures you'll find behind the door is of Santa or of Jesus or whatnot, but mm-hmm. you have some wintry image. With us, yeah, it's 24 stories that take a look at the dark side of the festive season. Now, um, before we get into the actual films themselves, let's, let's, let's nail down this, uh, this Christmas tradition um, of the advent calendar. Um, mm-hmm. It is exactly the same in Britain. Um, I can't speak for USA. Um, but, but what's changed over the years, um, I don't know if it's been the same in Germany, is that I remember as a kid, I mean, maybe I'm just older, I don't know, uh, my first advent calendars were just opening a door and there's a picture of Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. then for some reason, if it's not a toy or something to eat now, people don't buy them. Yeah. It seems to have gotten a little crazy over the years. When we did some research last year, or what we found, especially in the UK, actually, we found beer calendars. We found uh, actual whiskey calendars and weird toy calendars for adults and whatnot. 
So, yeah, but I mean, that's probably in line with how the world is turning anyway. I mean, everything is more and more loud and um, great and, and um, colorful, and you need to have more and more and more of everything. But, yeah, I think we're pretty old, too, so when we grew up... It was basically... I mean, I think one of my first was also only with pictures, but mm -hmm. then, obviously, we, we got the ones with chocolate in it. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, I don't mind this upgrade at all. <laughs> I still have... I, my, my mom still gives me one each year, and I open one door each day. Oh, you're a lucky boy. <laughs> you are. I mean, it's one of the things... I mean, I don't have any children, so... It's one of the things that I that's missing from my house these days is uh, mm -hmm. is an advent calendar come December, and I think that's largely due to the fact that I have a birthday on the eighth of December, and oh, right. I tend to hate Christmas until it arrives because <laughs> because it gets in the way of my birthday. Sure, I understand that perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, so let's let's start at the beginning of this process because it's no mean feat to make a feature film, and it's no mean feat to bring together. 24 film projects under one umbrella so where for you guys did the or how did the process of death Sember as an idea come to fruition like what was the light bulb moment for you to to bring this on well it all actually started in the late summer of 2016 if i remember correctly i was at some film festival and i was Watching a film, I really can't remember which one it was, but I think it was the film that rather bored me a little bit. And I started thinking, okay, so Dominic, how would a film look like that pleases you totally? And I'm a huge fan of Christmas horror, and I'm a huge fan of, of anthologies, especially ABCs of Death was something that blew my mind. Right. So I started thinking, well, why not combine those two concepts? And um, yeah, I... I spend a lot of my time thinking about films all the time. I have like a ton of scripts that I've started, but most of them I abandon at some point because most of my ideas I come up with, when I look at them like a week later, I'm not so convinced anymore. But in this case, I was like, this sounds really interesting. So who could I talk to about this? Then I was thinking of Ivo, who's a longtime friend, and he's been working in the film business for nearly 20 years now. Well, actually, over 20 years, but I'm usually doing acquisitions for a German label. So, and uh, I was also involved in the production of three the films that my company did. And um, so, so, this is why Dominic contacted me. And uh, that was actually on a birthday party of a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And you know how it is when you have too much Coke and rum? <laughs> uh, find everything very interesting and very appealing. And, um, but the concept actually, you know, um, did stand tall for the next day as well. And, um, this is where I actually then started thinking, um, who can we talk to? And luckily because of my job, I already had contacts with a couple of directors. Mm -hmm. And so I just pitched them the idea and you know, said, listen, this is kind of thing that Dominic told me. And uh, would you be interested in, in doing this? And uh, everybody was kind of like, Actually, that is a cool idea. And um, so we started collecting these, these um, uh, letters of intent for, for uh, a couple of those directors, especially from Germany. And uh, wait, before we did that, before we did that, because Ivo was really convinced of that, he started thinking about how could we actually get this off the ground. And he said, let's talk to Frank with the third of us three yeah. producers because Frank is a guy who is one of the owners of post-production facility and who has already produced 
or accompanied the production um, or created special effects, etc., for quite a few movies. Mm-hmm. And also, what's more important, he has already been in the process of getting funding from German film funding institutions. So, yeah, he was totally into that idea, too. And then we got on and collected LOEs of potential directors. And then we applied for funding the first time in spring of 2017, I think. Yeah. And, of course, we got shut down. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the actual reason was uh, they told us from the beginning that's a really interesting concept. And we love how international it's going to be. And the whole thing sounds really, really good. But uh, we need a little get a little more detailed info because at that point the only thing we were submitting were yeah those letters of intent and a few first treatments of directors because to tell you the truth in the beginning our idea was we're going to give our, our directors total creative freedom we don't even want to know ourselves what their films will be like we just want to be surprised like everyone in the audience will be in the end when they see one film after the other so we give our directors a certain budget and tell them, sure, the film has to be set in the advanced season and it has to have a certain genre connection and something to do with Christmas or winter or whatever. But apart from that, you're totally free to do what you want. And the funding commission said, yeah, we can appreciate the idea, but sorry, we can't do that. We need a little more flesh and blood here. Uh, no, not flesh and blood, but a little more flesh. So um, you are welcome to apply again, which they normally never say, but this time, please also submit a few uh, a few finished Script. scripts, yeah. uh, at least 10. And if you do that, we'll see what we can do. Fantastic. So, yeah, so then fast forward to summer of 2018, I think, or spring of 2018, through Evo's contact, we got in contact with uh, XR Carolyn in the U.S., who then put us in touch with Chelsea Stardust, who was one of the most important persons for us in regards to getting directors in the U.S., um, because she's a great person, she knows so many great other persons that we actually got six or seven of our American directors directly through Chelsea. Chelsea was uh, originally attached to the project too, but she had to drop out because she had two feature films to finish at the time. She's just, re- and, just um, recently been on the podcast talking about Satanic Panic. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And exactly, uh, Satanic Panic was the reason why she had to drop out, and she was heartbroken, and so were we. But yeah, she managed to get us Sam Weinman and Michael Verratti and Vivian Vaughn and all the others. And uh, yeah, that was, I think, in the summer of 2018, we had most of the directors together, and then we got the green light in September of 2018. Then Eva and I went to see Yeah, to the festival, and um, of course we saw a lot of films, and as you know, there are a lot of guests there, so we were able to talk to uh, the directors or sometimes the producers, and they all liked the concept and said, listen, that is actually something we want to be part of. And um, then, so we were able to to get a couple of, of people like Isaac Aspern, for example, or Lazar Rodroja, um, who were there with with their films? We saw the film. We were really like um, in awe, especially with uh, Lazar's movie, that um, is still is blowing away with the visuals. And he delivered kind of the same year, and I was again blown away. So good choice. Pat <laughs> <laughs> on my own shoulder. No, so Sieges was really cool because um, the organizers helped us finding a lot of people, gave us contacts. And after that, we were basically set and could um, directly begin production. Yeah. Two weeks after the festival, um, our two Spanish directors, uh, Zatrak and Sonia, they started 
shooting on the first uh, weekend of November uh, last year. So that was the, the first two films that were actually already finished in November last year. Yeah. Now, now you've, 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 you said there was no brief, but there must have been some sort of like, you know, don't do, nobody, nobody was expected to produce 30 yeah. minutes or stuff. So what was, what was the basic brief that everyone, obviously you've got, you've got something to sit with in December. So obviously yeah. Chris, Christmas themed is the basic brief. What yeah. was the time limit yeah. you gave people? Um, that no brief thing that was the original idea in the very beginning. Then mm. when we went into actual production, we certainly had to narrow that down a little bit. Mm. The thing is, um, we told people you can do whatever genre you want. It can be a brutal blood splatter fest. It can be a black comedy. It can be science fiction. It can be a Western or it can be a musical, whatever you feel like. As mm. long as it's rooted in the genre, and it has some connection to the advent season. And um, you have a maximum runtime of five minutes. Okay, five um, minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as would it, uh, yeah, as you would expect, most of the directors went a little longer than five minutes. But we don't have any film that's longer than six minutes. I think that's where we pulled the total breaks in. Um, the shortest film is two and a half minutes. Yeah. So, and they have had a fixed budget, mm -hmm. and basically that was it. I mean, obviously... Are you, are you from, allowed to say what the fixed budget was? Yeah, we can do that. I mean, it was really not, not very much. It's uh, 5,000 euros. Wow, okay. Yeah. So it's a, you're making people work for the dollar then? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that, that's the, the money we had. I mean, we got a certain amount from the funding board, but there was only, I don't know, 100... 180,000, so we got about one-third of the budget we got from the funding board. Um, about another third came from um, us or private investors who supported us when they yeah. heard about the project. And then we have another third that is basically on... Um, actually, I don't know what the English word is when you say that uh, you pay when the money comes in. Cash on uh, delivery. No, not really. That's when you when you get a no. delivery. You so, mean we pay the people once we earn money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, so yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Well, that, just say that. That would that makes sense. <laughs> when you've and got the money, a, you can had, pay them. Yeah, and we had a we had a Kickstarter campaign too. Yeah. Obviously, that was a small one. We actually did that to have a little more money for the special for the animation sequences. Uh, because, yeah, our film is made of 24 segments, and in between these segments, we have short animation sequences that kind of link them all together. And these are completely computer-generated. So that's where, we, yeah, that's where we needed some extra money for, and we did the Kickstarter for that. Now, for yeah. people who so people can, imagine, can, can picture the scale of what this project was, so uh, uh, what part of each short film's process are you receiving the films from the filmmakers to say... When they go, there you go, I finished. How far down the line is their film when you get it? Is it is it uh, all graded? Is it cut? Is it is it completely is it just ready just to slot into whatever place you put it? Or was there more it's work? Different. It it depends actually. Okay. Yeah. In most in most cases the, the film were really finished. Okay. Um we had a couple where the people ask us because we we have um, in addition to Frank's company, who does uh, a lot of the, the visual post-production works, like you know some CGI effects or some color grading or this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. we also had people um, uh, who did the audio uh, work, like the, the 5.1 mix, the M&E mixing. And uh, so the people came to us and said, listen, we don't have a facility at the moment 
uh, who can do that? Can you uh, take over and do the 5.1 mix that you expect us to deliver? And so we said, yeah, we can do that. Obviously, it's going to cost a little bit of money, but uh, we have somebody here who's like offering us a good deal. And as as you know, one of the biggest problems when you do a uh, low-budget film, you have to rely on people who love your project, who love to work on it, and do it for uh, like for free, either, basically, either for free or for a very uh, uh, low amount of money. Are you telling that, me? Are you telling me that all filmmakers are not Hollywood millionaires? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, I don't believe I don't this. Is this. This is fake news, in it surely. <laughs> yeah, that, that is correct. I mean, all of them made you know millions already. We are the losers. Here. Um, no, but the, the thing is, I mean, we we uh, what we uh, what always the, the problem is when people do this and offer you this kind of service, um, it's they have to do it in between other jobs where they get their normal regular pay, mm. and that obviously leads some to delays because they have to finish uh, a project where they get the normal rates and then come to our project. And that's the same with the filmmakers who said to us, you know, listen, I can't do the 5.1 mix in the time you expect us to deliver all the, the finished material. Do you have a facility that can do this? And so this is where some of the elements were done here. Um, uh, some of the post elements, there were a couple of CGI shots that had to be done for a couple of films. But in most cases, actually, you were delivered the, the finished film. Yeah, but to take a step back, I mean, the original, the, the process in a whole is... Um, like every one of the filmmakers obviously first gave us a treatment of what he was planning to do. Yeah. And like 90% or 95% of them gave us a final script, a shooting script, more or less. And with like really only a handful, we had a few commands and said, um, this is a little close to a story someone else is also shooting. Or maybe this isn't clear enough. Maybe you could add a line of dialogue or whatever. Um, but in general, we left them to do what they wanted to do with just a little bit of feedback or rephrasing from our side. And then we asked them beforehand, obviously, can you do that for this small amount of money? And also with this very, very tight schedule, but because you need to imagine we started the whole thing on November 1st and the deadline to deliver the finished films was March 31, if I remember correctly. And, um, yeah, practically everyone managed to do that. There were a few that asked for an extension of that beforehand because they were in the middle of feature film production, but there was only two or three people. And then there were another three to four who had a, some problems with being finished on time. But I think by the end of May, everyone was completely finished. Yeah. yeah. And we received most cases. Yeah. We actually received the final film. Most cases it was even already graded when we received it. Yeah. But if not, the grading would take like two or three more weeks after what we've seen was the final cut. So, yeah, basically, this was all very straightforward and very much, this is the film I want to do. Okay, this is the film I'm going to do, and this is what it's going to look like, and this is it. And we were all, in practically every case, wow, this is fantastic. We really love all the guys that we've worked with, but sorry we're talking too much. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's better, it's better you're talking than me because I'm not promoting a film. Um, <laughs> so when you had all 24 in... Was was there already an order decided, or was the order that they fall into December decided by the stories that each one, what you what you saw as the finished thing, and how that might fit with your your animation indents that are in between each one? Well, it depends. Again, we had a few films that were from the very on 
from the very outset on they were designed to be played at a certain date. Like, for example, Milan Todorovic has a film, his segment is called December the 19th, because he's from Serbia, and in Serbia, December the 19th is the most important celebratory date. They celebrate some saint that is pretty close to Santa, but it's a special Serbian saint, and um, celebrations there take place on the 19th. So he said, can I have my film on the 19th? And we were like, yeah, sure, why not? So this was set from the very beginning, December the 19th will be Milan's film. Or we have Jason Rostovsky, uh, whose film is very close linked to the Hanukkah tradition. And Hanukkah in 2019 starts on uh, the evening of December 22. So we said, okay, the 22nd film will be Jason. But so we had like around five films that were fixed on a specific date. And apart from that, we really were looking at these films and asking ourselves what will fit where best. Uh, we tried to mostly never have two films following up on each other which don't have English language because we want to make this film easily digestible for people everywhere and English is the language everyone speaks um, because that was one of my few problems with ABCs of Death, for example. It starts off with like five or six films in a row that are all subtitled and are not in English language and I can imagine this can be very off-putting for audiences. So we didn't want to have that in a way. So we tried to have always one English language and then another language, then again English, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, because from... it's interesting there, because I did wonder actually whether or not different cultures would have different important dates. You've got Hanukkah, you've got the Serbian saint. What other yeah. special, I mean, obviously, I, 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 I only think of like we get to Christmas Eve. That's what we're building up to. It's the, you know, it's the day before Christmas Day. So what what other dates in the in the advent calendar were, were important to the filmmakers? Actually, I think with the exception of the those handful of filmmakers, um nobody actually uh said something. I have to say because when we contacted them, we specifically asked them if they could leave a date out of their um, story story yeah. so we could place the film wherever you would like because um when the, when we started the, the the production process in November, um, we hadn't signed all twenty four directors by by that time. For example, um, it was still unclear if Lucky McGee and Pollyanna could do uh, their segments for us due to uh, the commitment to other projects. Got you. And um, so there were we had their stories and we had. Um, uh, uh, we had different scripts already there. But to, to give you actually the, the rundown, by the time when we came back from Cedars, we, we could have done December two times because <laughs> we had over 40 people interested in shooting a short film. So we had to decide on, on the people and we, we went with, with a good mixture between some well-known names and some um, of the newcomers. newcomers. Mm. And uh, we even played it safe and um, uh, commissioned actually 27 shorts. Um, just to be on a safe side, because um, right when we, you know, started production, Chelsea had to drop out, and she couldn't do it, and you know, um, because we were really hoping she could could do it. Still, she wanted to do it. We wanted to see if she can, like, in between uh, post production work, post production process of Satanic Panic, that she can. So uh, it was never quite clear until like. Uh, March, April, when we had received all the elements, um, 
what kind of uh, stories will be there in the end. And this is where we, you know, um, then looked at the whole thing and said, okay, this is going to be uh, perfect for this day and this is going to be perfect for that day with the exception of like, as I said, yeah. five people who said, okay, this day is, is very specific in, in, in our country, but um, yeah, it's but, not the 24th. Yeah, but indeed, that's one of the other restrictions we gave people. Forgot to mention that. We told them, yeah, please don't set your film to a specific date, uh, be, at least not before getting back to us and talking about us, uh, talking about it with us. Because actually, in the very beginning, we were very afraid that we would end up with 24 films set on December 24 that all feature a psycho Santa with an axe walking <laughs> through the snow, which are films we love a lot, but he's been done to death. And no, we wanted a variety. So yeah, it's fun. You know, it's fun looking through the list because because I can find I can see um, like Isaac Esben, um Julian Richards, Trent Hager, uh, Pollyanna McIntosh. Um, are all um, are all alumni of the podcast, um, oh, and, yeah. and cool. Michael Verratti. I uh, I met him at uh, New Orleans Horror Festival a few years ago. So oh, cool. yeah, so it's it's a sort of a who's who really for me. Looking down your list, and then and then obviously for, not obviously at all, but for uh, for for personal reasons, you've you've got uh, Mr. Diodato of Cannibal Holocaust yeah. fame. Um, yeah, which. Which uh, it's 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 one of my it, that's weirdly as a young child, Cannibal Holocaust was one of my first horror film experiences. <laughs> so I think that that that, that was an, an, a very harsh experience for all of us. Yeah, uh, I was ten. Teenager times. I was ten. Oh wow, that's oh, way okay. too early. <laughs> I was but ten. I, we got we got Cannibal Holocaust and Life of Brian. As a double bill on a Sunday from the VHS local VHS store, and wow. it was a hell of a surprise. And I, I think it's probably why I'm sat here talking to you now. But it did trauma <laughs> me for a while. Uh, yeah, I can actually believe that. Uh, Life of Brian is really, really traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, shocking that I was able to watch that really anti-religious nonsense. Eh? <laughs> No, but that was so beautiful how it all came together. I mean, even all of our directors didn't know who was going to be in the movie with them until we made the announcement. And, you know, we started our Kickstarter campaign on December 1st in 2018. And um, at the same time, we started our whole social media communication, meaning mm. that on one day per December day uh, last year, we already had our event calendar because we um, announced one of our directors per day starting on December 1st and then running to December 24. Actually, December 26th, because what we haven't mentioned yet is, now, Evo said we commissioned 27 yeah. films, and um, which means that we actually have 27 segments. And this means that we actually have 26 in our film. A feature, a feature film is made up of 24 segments, but we have another two segments in the extra credits and at the end of the extra credits, oh, like cool. a proper Marvel film. <laughs> so Easter, Easter eggs for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and um, yeah. I think we announced for Jero Deodato on December 25, I think, or 24, I can't remember, something like that. It was a Christmas surprise. Yeah. And we got emails from uh, quite a few of our younger American directors who were like, oh my God, this this is, I, I can't believe it, it's a life dream. My God, I'm in the same film as Rogero Deodato. And we were, we were, yeah, basically the same. It's such an honor to have him in yeah. our film. That's, yeah, and also Lucky, obviously, and all the others. Trent Hager, we met him at a festival in Germany in 2017 mm. and talked to him about 
the the idea and yeah we've stayed in touch all this time and he's been attached to the project all this time and yeah he was one of the first three people to deliver his finished film yeah. and he was also the first one to deliver his audio commentary and um yeah it all came together Beautifully. Yeah. So, as, so, so, just as a little teaser, then. So, the film, so the, the segments that you've been involved in producing yourself. Um, do you want to give the listener maybe a little, a little insight into what type of Christmas horror or dark comedy you've you've created for December? Um, sure, I created a film myself, which ended up on number one in the list, which actually is a little feels embarrassing to me because there are so many great names involved in this project and i certainly didn't want to be the one to start this whole thing off but the story demands for it in a way because my story is about a little boy who awakes on december the first and um sees his advent calendar and goes wild he goes really wild he's not like the nicest kid you can imagine mm -hmm. on the contrary he's um like many kids tend to be nowadays very egocentric and he wants it all for himself, and he wants it all right now. Meaning he tears open his advent calendar, and he empties it, and he's still not satisfied, because then he picks his little sister's advent calendar and empties that too. And it's still not enough. So he, on his way to school, he goes to a supermarket and steals even more advent calendars and starts to empty them until he is approached by, well, may it be the devil or just <laughs> the like of men. I don't know. Yeah, and what happens then, I won't spoil here now, but it's got a bit of a, a Twilight Zone vibe because I personally am, yeah, I'm an anthology fan and I'm also a total, I adore the Twilight Zone since I can imagine, since I can remember. So I try to do something in that vein. It's, my, my segment is not very bloody, it's more dark, dark, dark fantasy, I'd say. So, who's, and, um, so I was going to say, so from, from, from my own egotistical point of view, who who yep. who have you chosen for number eight, eighth of December? Number eight is Steve the Rover, I think. Ooh. Let me let me check again. Um, Steve is from Belgium, and he's one of the people that uh, I think Evo knew a little longer, right? Yeah, well, the, actually, we we met on at the Biff at the Brussels International F uh, Fantastic Film Festival. Got you. And um, he was introduced to me by a friend of mine, Nicole, and. Uh, uh, we, I saw his short film Mool, and I liked it. And um, and he's a big fan of body horror. So, uh, and this is something that <laughs> we didn't have at all in the anthology. And I said, okay, yeah, body horror called me in. And mm. um, yeah, oh yeah, he delivered beautiful. It's uh, yeah, it's body horror. It's um, it's really really gruesome. It's called Family Matters, and you can read that as Family is Important or These Are Family Matters. I'm still not even <laughs> sure what it means. Now, so uh, it's early, it's early days for December. So, um, in terms of people seeing it, and you're you're about to embark on your on your festival run. So, what what dates have you got in the diary already? Um, yeah, we're gonna start actually on Thursday, which is two days from now in San Sebastian. Mm -hmm. We're really, really delighted to be there at the Halloween night gala. Incidentally, Pollyanna's film Darlin' is playing uh, two slots before ours, which is really fun. And then there's a double slot of The Furies and December. And this is going to be a world premiere. It's a sold-out uh, screening, and I hear the audience is going really wild at San Sebastian, so we're really excited to see what's going to happen there. Fantastic. So so pre world premiering on Halloween 2019. That's fantastic news. So what's what what after this podcast, that, that'll be a bit of gone by the time the podcast hits the airwaves. So 
what what dates have you got? Have you got any future dates in the diary, or should just or can people follow you on social media to keep keep ahead of news? Yeah, that's that's obviously always the best choice to follow us on social media because we're we're pre- pretty active, especially on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's Death Samba Movie on both of these channels, mm-hmm. and on Twitter it's Death Samba Film. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we also got YouTube. It's Death Samba Movie where we got a few short videos. For example, all our directors did introductions back last year and some teasers and other stuff. Um, but right now uh, we've got the first few dates we can announce, and that's um, on the 4th of November we're in South Africa at the South African Horror Fest. Excellent. Then um, on the, November the 10th we have our American premiere in Rochester at the first ever Anomaly Film Fest, which is a new festival with a c- completely incredible lineup. They have Extraordinary, for example, and Why Don't You Just Die and Daniel Isn't Real, and so forth. And then after that, we probably going to have, no, we will have a screening at a Serbian film festival, Dead Lake, but it's not clear if it's going to be the 15th or the 16th of November. Yeah. And after that, we're in Finland, in Helsinki, at Night Visions. Excellent. Good guys um, at Night Visions. Yeah, um, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have the date as of yet. It's sometime between the 20th and the 24th of November. And then in we got some more festivals after that, but we can't announce them just yet. Cool. But in, Gen- in January, we're going to have the German premiere at the Fantasy Film Fest, White Nights, the biggest one in Germany and across seven cities. So, yeah. So, so that again, uh, so there's a horror festival that takes place across seven cities? Yeah, yeah. Uh, three times a year, actually. It's wow. A, it's, a travel festival. Uh, it's in Berlin and Hamburg in Munich, Cologne, Nuremberg, Stuttgart, yeah, and Frankfurt, where we're hailing from. And they got the, the big festival that's running for 10 days each summer. And then they got their winter festival, the White Nights, in January. And yeah. then in April or May, they have the Nights. For, yeah, which is for a weekend. So and in January, they're going to also have, uh, aside from December, they're going to have Jojo Rabbit. Fantastic. That's with, amazing that, that you could yeah. have a national horror festival. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, as I said, there's a lot more coming, but we can't announce just oh, yet. Well, well, look, I'll put, I'll put in the show notes um, the social media details and the YouTube so right. people can can follow it themselves and um yep. if you if you get any big dates or you know you're successful in selling the movie or wherever you try and sell it and you've got release dates then let us know as soon as you can and we'll update yeah, the show sure. notes accordingly great we'll do that yeah, we, we let you know when we're opening can yeah. <laughs> well of course yeah well i thought what well, i thought you might do a pre-screening in berlin first just to just to set it off get win the bear there and then, and, and yeah, then, maybe. And then, and then do like a Palm Door screen, yeah. you know, you yeah, but, get the Critics <laughs> Week, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's good. Critics Week's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, all I guess to say is, hey, thank you very much for giving us your time on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. It means a lot to us. Absolutely, it was an uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.